Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome in one and all to the Pro Football Show for this Wednesday, May 6th, as we mosey along and try to figure out what's going on. Uh, The latest I can tell you from around the league is that they are trying to figure out where is the – they're trying to figure out basically in each state where every team resides – uh, where things are. They want to see – they want to get to opening up the team facilities as quick as they can. I think that their plan right now is to move forward when every facility can open up. Uh, Obviously, from a competitive standpoint, you don't want to have any advantages. Um, We're going to have to see how this plays out. We're going to get into that, uh, as well as the latest transactions around the league. We're going to, last couple of days, we're going to finish up. Look, we're going to still talk about the draft and recap the draft. It can answer any questions. But we're going to – we've recapped every team to this point. We've got the AFC North today teams, NFC North tomorrow. Uh, we've got a lot of information related to um, – on LandryFootball.com. A lot more information in detail. The complete breakdown of the entire draft recaps. Look ahead already to the class of 2021. Um, we're – you know, for our college fans, recruiting boards state by state – breaking down college rosters, breaking down the NFL rosters, breakout players, you name it. We've we've got a lot of things that we're uh, going to get to get to get to you and um and provide for you over at landryfootball.com. So take advantage of that. We think you're going to absolutely love it. A lot more detail than we can get to, but uh if you check out landryfootball.com today, you can take advantage of the scouting season offer. For less than $5 a month, you not only get all that information. I would say between now and the start of the season, there's going to be more information uh, that is maybe more fun or intriguing than at any other time. See, during the season, we're breaking down the games. We're breaking down the players and teams. 
Now we're going to speculate a lot and talk to you about what to look forward to this season and the breakout players and the key players and the roster breakdowns and the scouting reports and you name it. We're going to have it for you uh, as well as on the college side. We've got our notebooks each and every day that gives you all the insights of what's going on behind the scenes. So make sure that you check that out today. Take advantage of our scouting season offer for less than a magazine subscription. You will absolutely love it. Um, Make sure that you check out um, also um, 401k generation, the experts in financial planning. If you got a business, you got a 401k, you got an IRA situation, anything that you're looking for, they can absolutely help you with on the money management side. They're the experts in investments, so give them a call today. They're licensed in all 50 states. 1-866-998-5879, the number to call. Make sure that you're getting this podcast to your cell phone each and every day uh, by signing up for Landry Football's conference call, wherever you sign up for your podcast. So, And you've got a question, send it to me over at contactchris at landryfootball.com. So the latest around the league, uh, the top priority uh, for – the league right now is they're monitoring what's going on in the NBA and Major League Baseball as they try to move forward and figure out what they're going to do with the remainder of their season, or in the case of baseball, the start of the season. Um, the league is committed to competitive equ- equity with team facilities, meaning all teams must be able to report, not just those in the states that, that have lifted restrictions. So, so far, the NFL's done a remarkable job of staying on schedule without endangering its employees, the players, or otherwise. But the closer we get to the need for actual practices and games, they're going to be under a lot of scrutiny on how they're going to handle this. So they've been the crown jewel because they've not been put in a situation that's been real touchy to this point. They're going to announce their schedule this week. Okay, don't be disillusioned by that. Now, they are planning to go forward with the schedule. It does not mean that it's a guarantee. It does not mean that this can't go haywire or go backwards and set it back. Uh, There are a lot of people in the league that still feel it's not going to go off on time. Time will tell on that. How are they going to deal with it once they get in? Again, something else that will need to be figured out. So we'll see where this plays out. But the announcement of the schedule, again, is something that could be done virtually just like the draft, just like free agency. So the news cycle and everything, that's been the easy part, if you will, because it's been the offseason for the NFL. Now we're getting in the tougher part where we've lost OTAs. We're not going to have anything in June, it doesn't look like. But who knows? We're early enough in the month of May. The next two weeks are going to be pivotal. If we can get to June 1st, and they can say we can open up, then they will allow maybe some OTAs, mini camps, some things that they can work through in June to get a little pre-work done so you get the start of training camp in July. So we'll see how that plays out going forward. Let's run through some transactions around the league. The Raiders waived Deshaun Kaiser um, to, uh, on uh, on uh, Tuesday. Um the Raiders, after after they signed Marcus Mariota, that was going to be uh, it. Nathan Paterman is still going to be a camp arm. 
Cooper Rush was claimed by the uh, the the Giants after the Cowboys released him. Obviously, releasing him after they signed um, Andy Dalton. Colt McCoy and Alex Tanney are going to be behind Daniel Jones along with Cooper Rush, so we'll see how that plays out. The Ravens signed fifth-round uh, defensive tackle Broderick Washington to a four-year contract. This n- uh, number 70 overall pick is a three-year starter at Texas Tech. All Big 12, really good bull rusher, good on passing downs. <clears throat> Curious to see how this plays out. Um, I think a very smart player and very good value where they got him. These contracts that are signed by the draft picks, are they're newsworthy, but they're not. It's just a, you know, FYI. <clears throat> There's no real threats of holdouts anymore, but we're going to start to see them come in. Ravens re-signed Pernell McPhee, the outside backer, to a one-year deal. Not three sacks in seven games as a starter last season before landing on IR with a torn tricep. Going on 32, may not necessarily start in 2020, but is going to be needed for a lot of snaps. Um, the Patriots center David Andrews uh, came out and said he doesn't believe that the blood clots uh, is what cost him the 2019 season, and he doesn't think it's going to be a recurring issue. Um, he says part of it was the medicine he was on. He's off the medicine, so he feels like he's going to live a normal life. It's kind of a freak accident. So we'll see uh, We'll see how that plays out with him and his future in football and otherwise. The Raiders signed offensive tackle Sam Young to a one-year contract. Boy, a journeyman, 33-year-old guy. Love the fact that he's been able to just hang in there, compete, be a good soldier, warrior, and a guy that's in the rotation in the backup role can help you out. The Jets placed Josh Bellamy on the reserve PUP list, now slated to miss the entire season, uh, though he could eventually um, be released with an injury settlement. The ex-bear made just seven appearances for the 2019 Jets, caught two balls, turns 31 later this month. Um, the Jets also placed Quincy Anugua, uh, Anugua, um uh, on uh, the reserve PUP list. Um, let's see. Um, the Logan Ryan said he's not going to resign with the Titans. It's something that I think was pretty obvious that the Titans were moving on as they drafted Christian Fulton. Uh, but he came out and made his announcement. And big news. I think big news, Frank Gore finally landing with the Jets. If you remember, Adam Gase wanted to sign him over a year ago, was rebuffed by former GM Mike McCagnon, who's no longer there. Frank Gore, formerly of the Bills, <clears throat> one-year contract. Boy, what a warrior. Breaking all the most 37-year-old running back. I mean, that is as rare as can be. I mean, you've got a better chance of finding uh, phone booths for you young folks to you know what a phone booth is. A better chance of finding a phone booth than finding a 37-year-old running back in this league. Gase wanted to sign him last year, was um, was rebuffed. Le'Veon Bell is there. He adds – Frank Gore adds to the running back room, I think helps. Certainly a Hall of Fame-type career. Just been an absolute warrior. Uh, not a lot of carries left in him, but I think situationally could be used very well. Uh, the Jags signed Aaron Lynch, formerly of the Bears, to a one-year contract. The 27-year-old um, was healthy last year, past two seasons, 20 tackles, five sacks, and 29 appearances. He'll be a mix 
in as a rotational player in Jacksonville. Uh, seeing time behind Josh Allen and, <laughs> for now, unique in Nandakwe, who's still, got to remind you, with the Jacks. The Dolphins restructured wide receiver Albert Wilson's contract, uh, paying uh, Williams $9.4 million or taking on $1.3 million in cap space to cut him. Um, they will stick around for the renegotiated value of $3 million in 2020 with a $1 million more available via incentive. So uh, it's a – Devontae Parker, Preston Williams are set to return as the wideouts. Not much improvements there. We'll see where things go the remainder of this offseason. Marshawn Lynch says he's still open to coming back and playing with the Seahawks. I think he likes the little short cash. I'm not going to work hard. I'm going to be there. I don't know. We'll see if there's anything that uh, the Seahawks are willing to bite on. Look, they were desperate last year. They may be desperate again this year. They drafted D.J. Dallas. They had Chris Carson with the hip and Rashad Penny with the ACL. Travis Homer. I mean, they, they just had a bunch of injuries. They can stay healthy. Maybe they don't need to go down that road. The Browns are looking to try to extend Miles Garrett. They really liked him. Some people – Really criticized the picking of him. Remember the the years, so-called year, he didn't play well at A&M the final year, played through a high ankle sprain all season. Guy played very well last year. Of course, it's going to be known for the seasoning-ending suspension for swinging the helmet on Mason Rudolph. Guy can play, and the guy's going to get big-time money. Um, curious to see what the future is and the role's going to be for Gerard Davis at the Lions. Matt Patricia likes this guy a lot. He's a leader. He's a culture guy. Did not play well last year. Curious to see where things go with him. Uh, but that's just the reality of where things are. Uh, but he likes them. Uh, so we'll see how this plays out. Curious to see how the receiver shakeout goes in San Francisco. They got a lot of them. But I'm curious to see how this may play out. You've got uh, obviously a lot of talent and people they've added to the mix. You've got uh, – D. Bill Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. You got Kittle. You got Trent Taylor. You got Bourne. You got a lot of options. So, curious to see how that uh, plays out. And after talking with them, curious to see where things will shake up. Uh, in Philadelphia, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside battled a bunch of injuries throughout his career. Um, he's. Uh, I'm wondering a little bit how he might come back and what. Um, how he might transition going forward, but he's had some real issues. But uh, a guy that health-wise, a guy that's a big red zone threat that was so good um, at Stanford, you wonder how this Eagles receiving core, how much of a transformation <clears throat> this receiving core might be. And in uh, Arizona, the Cardinals, Dan Arnold's going to have a chance to make a real impact this upcoming year at tight end. He's claimed off of waivers in early December. Didn't stand out in his spot start for Charles Clay, but uh, the veteran has since moved on. Um, you got Arnold atop the tight end list. Got Max Williams and Daryl Daniels, so there's not a lot there. Again, they run uh, a, a lot of three wide sets, four wide sets, so the tight end position is not as emphasized but still value and still important. And uh, interesting news out of Washington where Ron Rivera has talked about Antonio Gibson as a guy that he sees, the rookie that they drafted out of Memphis, he sees him as a Christian McCaffrey type of guy, as a satellite player, 
designated receiver, running back type guy. I think he's more receiver than running back, which Christian McCaffrey is, but very versatile guy that can move around a lot and be a contributor, uh, be an effective player in the same ilk. So if they can get uh, close to what the, the Panthers are getting out of Christian McCaffrey, that would be a huge win for them. So those are some notes in and around the league. Um, let's take a look at the North, the AFC North, and how the draft, uh, we'll go into some of the details of how things played out with those teams. Of course, Joe Burrow and T. Higgins and Logan Wilson for the Bengals. Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Logan Wilson, Akeem Davis-Gaithier, Khalid Kareem, Akeem Adenja, and Marcus Bailey. I thought it was just such a really good draft Solid draft all around for the Bengals. Joe Burrow, easy pick. Uh, guy you want to build your team around, no doubt. T. Higgins can be a really good receiver, and we'll see what A.J. Green can do. Tyler Boyd, they still got to build around uh, a little bit more, get some more weapons, and certainly got to provide some depth. <clears throat> but they're at least off the good start there. I, start lo I thought Logan Wilson showed up real well at the combine he was athletic enough to be a three down linebacker you see him play particularly well in man coverage on his level um i think a really good value there um really the two off-ball linebackers at cincinnati target on day three are good athletes with injury concerns so we'll see how it plays out davis gaither got the starting night um uh it for for Appalachian State in 18, and he's got some really good ability to be deployed on blitz. He's got some pass rush ability that certainly helps. But, um, you know, with multiple ACL injuries, uh, Bailey, uh, certainly his draft stock hurt him. It's why he went so low. Um, I thought it was a good undrafted free agent signing with South Florida's tight end Mitchell Wilcox, 6'4", 237. Um he was very effective in their power run offense. Good blocker. Um, toughness is not an issue with him. Um, you know, I think that was really good signing. Uh, again, I like Marcus Bailey at 215, but there's a risk with the ACL. Got to get him healthy, but he's a better player than a 215th overall pick that late. Uh, the reason he slipped is due to the medical. So that's going to be the real key with him. I thought at 180, Akeem Adanje was a really good pick out of Kansas, 6'4", 305. Started every game at left tackle since he arrived in Kansas. Coaches are going to fall in love with his work ethic, his commitment. He's fundamentally sound. He stays square in pass protection. Lacks finish and power in the run game, but he can grow into that. Uh, it's just a little bit more strength and explosion that he needs to improve upon. Uh, Khalid Kareem with 147th pick, two-year starter for Notre Dame, 6'4", 268. He shifted inside, reduced him inside a good bit, played well alongside Julian Aquara and Clark Lee's four-man defensive front. Doesn't have great burst, uh, but he's got good length. He's got big, strong, physical hands. Um, he's had some issues with his left shoulder. Uh, if that's healthy, he's got a chance to be a good, long, strong power rusher that can play the run pretty well. Um, we just talked about Akeem Davis-Gaither a little bit. Appalachian State at 107, two-year starting outside backer. Um, very productive player for him. Needs to get stronger, 
but really good player. Same thing with Logan Wilson. High energy player, pass rush skills, very, very good. Stay healthy, young man. This guy can be a really good starting linebacker, middle linebacker for years to come. T. Higgins, a two-year starter at outside uh, receiver for Clemson. His size and physicality and his ability to make contested catches are very, very impressive. So really, really good. And then, uh, you know, the, the rhythm passing and accuracy of Joe Burrow, the leadership, all are great positives for the Bengals. <clears throat> the Browns with uh, Jedrick Wills and Grant Delpert and Jordy and Elliott and Jacob Phillips and Harrison Bryant, Nick Harris and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Again, really good draft. There were some concerns that there may be a run of tackles um, with um, Andrew Thomas has uh, gone so early to the Giants, but they were able to get Wills. Delpit fell down the boards due to his tackling concerns, which is a big part of his injury problems that he had. I think he's going to be a really good pick. He's got tremendous instincts. He breaks well on routes. I think he's an alpha dog leader. He can blitz from the slot. I think he can tackle better than he's shown. Elliott was a bigger steal in the third round. Solid combination of size and athleticism. Uh, from a production standpoint, uh, the guy was very, very good. Graded out very well against both the run and the pass. Jacob Phillips uh, is a little bit of a reach. He's a, a good, instinctive tackler, and he's a short area player that can play not deep in coverage, but can play sideline to sidelines with good range. Um, uh, but, you know, Troy Dye I thought was a, was a good player. Gaither, we talked about with the Bengals, are still on the board. They like him, uh, and obviously they studied him very closely, looking a lot of Grant Delpit tape. Bryant isn't athletic enough to pass for a receiver, not strong enough to be a traditional tight end, but he's a guy that can play. Harris uh, <clears throat> is uh, a solid offensive lineman that can play at guard. Um David Njoku was uh, exercised a fifth-year option. Um, uh, they, uh, they signed Kevin Davidson, the Princeton quarterback, as an undrafted free agent. I thought that was a really good signing for them. Long-term project. We'll see if he can make the practice squad or not, uh, or even can clear waivers to do so. Uh, the Jets signed um, uh, the um, – uh, excuse me, the um, – the rest of the signings I thought were pretty pretty impressive. But I want to talk a little bit about Jedrick Wills um, and the fact that I thought he was of the guys that were very, very productive in terms of with technique, um, I think was really, really good in terms of athletic ability. He's got to make the adjustment to a left-handed stance or they would have to play Coughlin there. But the goal is with his feet that to be a really good left tackle for them going forward, and I think he can be that. So I thought it was a really good draft, the Bengals. Um, I don't know that anybody got better value pick for pick in this draft than the Baltimore Ravens. Patrick Queen, J.K. Dobbins, Justin Matabuki, Devin DuVernay, Malik Harrison, Tyra Phillips, Ben Bredesen, Broderick Washington, James Proch, and Geno Stone. What great value there. Patrick Queen is a really elite athlete that can get sideline to sideline. Dobbins is a first-round talent that can absolutely come in and help a running team with ability to be a feature back and work on third downs. Matabuke was great value there. 
Uh, Malik Harrison is a, more than a downhill player, um, than much more of a downhill player than Queen. So they got good value there. Stone is an underrated safety. Doesn't run all that well, but man, does he make plays on the ball? Just outstanding all around. Thought Jacob Breland was a good undrafted free agent signing. Productive pass catching tight end. Had some injuries, but good value there. His average is a run blocker. We talked about Geno Stone. Start talked about the fact that his athletic profile is not great, but boy, he can be effective in the sub packages on special teams. And the guy's a playmaker. He's always around the football. I think he's a good zone player, and I think that's how they're going to utilize him. James Prosh is a to me, he can be the next Cole Beasley. Uh, he's a big-time receiver with sticky hands, very quick. Um, he doesn't stand out with anything other than his production. Broderick Washington is a smart defensive tackle, physical player that's very effective on his bull rush on passing downs. He's a space eater against the run. Ben Bredesen, the guard at 143 from Michigan, 6'5", 314. Uh, limited range, but physical in that gap scheme makes a lot of sense. Tyre Phillips at 106. Um, he started on the blind side for for uh, for Michigan for Mississippi State. He's an experienced guy. I think you'll play uh, effective on the right side or inside. Another good physical player. Love Malik Harrison's downhill physical tackling. Um, I love Devin Duvernay, the pick there at 92. He's got really um, good speed, really good playmaking ability. Uh, needs to improve his release, but I think is going to be outstanding. Love Justin Matabuke, uh, and I think it's great value. He's going to need some technique refinement, but is a really, really good player. And, again, I, I love J.K. Dobbins. Now you got Ingram and Gus Edwards and Justice Hill and Dobbins. Uh, a, uh, a, a an embarrassment of riches, but a team that runs the football more than anybody makes a lot of sense. And again, Patrick Queen going to be a starting linebacker that um, you look at Mosley and Owasoar and Josh Pines all even free agency. This guy's a plug-and-play instinctive guy. It's going to be a really good player for them. And then finally in the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers draft, uh, Chase Claypool and Alex Highsmith, Anthony McFarland Jr., Kevin Dotson, Anton Brooks and uh, Carlos Davis. They're without a first-round pick in this year's draft. Uh, they Obviously, you have to look at Minka Fitzpatrick as their first-round pick, just 23, and a great player. He's been a great uh, addition to the Steelers. A lot of discussions about the Steelers going running back in their uh, second pick, or in their second-round pick, excuse me. Um, but they – I, you know, they went with Claypool. Now, Claypool's a real interesting guy. He's a freakish athlete. He's 6'4", 240. He's not a real tight end. He's a H-back, downfield threat. He's made some plays, but not a great production guy. Little bit of a interesting pick, I would say, for Steelers. And not, not an ideal Steeler pick, but... You know, I'm encouraged by at least the fact of what they've got the plan with him. Highsmith, pass rush grade this past season was good, uh, but he doesn't play great uh, great level of competition. Uh, Dotson has strength to stick at guard. Pass protection is going to be an issue. Brooks looks a little bit more comfortable as a box player. Thought uh, Carlos Davis at 232, twin brother of Khalil Davis, who was uh, with, the, um, with the Buccaneers. Um, he's got chance to develop. He's got decent bursts. 
Um, they lost Javon Hargrave in free agency, so there's a chance there. Brooks, uh, as I mentioned, three-year starter at Maryland, ran, you know, uh, okay. Primarily played as a slot corner, as a special teams guy. That's going to be his role. Kevin Donson, as I mentioned, UL Lafayette at 135. Big power, run blocker, size, leadership, production, all that's very, very good. Anthony McFarlane at 124. 5'8", 208. Power pack, low to the ground, 4'4", guy. Change of pace, guy that can work in the rotation with James Conner. Maybe even be more of a feature guy. They're going to have to look at that running back situation going forward. Highsmith, as I mentioned, edge player they like, self-made, good work ethic. Don't look at the production because it's a little bit inflated. I look at the skill set, the transferable skills, pretty good. And obviously the draft's going to be, you know, pivotal to how well that Chase Claypool does. And and hopefully for them he can be a a big-time playmaker and create some mismatch opportunities. Um... I think he's a good player, better athlete. I didn't have him rated as high, but um, not too far out of range for where they took him. All right, we're going to finish up with a couple of questions. Kevin asked, uh, he said he read Bill Belichick's statement that he released about the passing of Don Shuley. It seemed like Belichick always strikes the right tone when issuing comment statements and also the way he goes about his business at mandatory press conferences. He never seems to get embroiled in any controversial statements. Shouting matches always seems in total control. Is this just a reflection of his natural disposition, or was there someone who mentored him in media relations? Well, he wasn't always this way. I mean, he's he's always been kind of monotone, and so part of it's personality. But he would get very, very surly in Cleveland. Uh, a guy by the name of Burge Nigerian has helped him a lot in his media relations since he's gone into New England. Now, the other thing is when you win and you have success – People put up with that stuff. And if you're not winning, you know, that that doesn't sell very well. You know, Bill just masters the art of politely saying nothing. And I like it. Again, if you're doing that and you're in Detroit, it's not going to help you when you're not winning. So I think you're correct um, in how he does it, and it fits what he does. You know, but he wins, and he can do that, and that's a that's a big part of it. But that's who's helped him, uh, and it's been a part of it. Now, let me just say this. You know, his dad, uh, Steve Belichick, knew Don Shula pretty well, and he got to know him. It's interesting because he had nice comments about Don Shula, and I expected he would. You know, Don Shula referred to Bill Belichick a few times as Belichick, you know, uh, through the whole stuff. So, you know – I know Bill enough to know that, that that he didn't appreciate that comment, but obviously he did the right thing, and you're correct in, in, in looking and paying the proper respect to Don Shuley. He did it. Uh, Kevin also asked, you mentioned that it takes three years to evaluate a draft class. How do you de- how do you decouple an evaluation of a draft pick from a developmental process after three years? Well, here's what you do is you're, you're looking at how a player plays in three years, you have to look at the injury and how they're using him, but the production, how he's played, is he getting better? Uh, you kind of have an idea of what's going on by studying the player. It takes a little, more, you know, at least three years to know what a player is doing or what he can do. But sometimes the light doesn't go on, and there are certain circumstances that contribute to that. Um, it's not three years, not the magic elixir, 
because it will depend upon, again, how they're used, the situation, and the injury situation is a big part of it. But the answer is once you see them play on the pro level for a few years, you get to see and evaluate a class. It, it's also a way to evaluate not just how productive a guy is or not productive, but did you have him evaluated correctly? He might, you might have thought he's very good, and he is very good, but what you wrote about him in your scouting report might be quite a bit different. That's where you've got to break down and study in what we call scout to scouts and evaluate, again, did the things that you say in your report come to fruition once he's been in the league for at least three years? And, again, three years is assuming that they play three years. Maybe not play every game for three years, but if you are only playing in three years' time – eight or ten games, that's not a three-full-year evaluation. Why are you not playing three years? Or you're not good enough to play? That's pretty much an indication. And if you only play ten games and you're not real good, that gives you some idea. But you ideally would like to see um, a good requisite amount of games for each of the three years. Uh, And thirdly, does a quarterback always have some degree of culpability if he strips that? Yes, it does depend. Depends on how he's holding protecting the football. You know, you've got to have a sense and a feel for where the pressure is coming from. So when you're getting ready to get hit, you know, you're trying to deliver the football, yes, but sometimes you've got to know when to give up on a play and protect the football. If you lack awareness and peripheral vision and sense of where the pressure is coming from and you're holding the ball out away from your body, the likelihood of the ball getting fumbled is greater. And – If you do that, that's on you as a quarterback. If you're trying to deliver the ball and you're just hit quite at the same time, that becomes a little bit of buzzard's luck. But it's really about how you hold and protect the ball in traffic, under pressure. And so, yes, you evaluate every situation. you got to fumble a situation. The quarterback coach has got to evaluate the quarterback on that as well as the protection. Obviously – you know, you've got to have a good sense and a good feel there. And Sarv asks, how do the Cowboys get no love for the upcoming season? Is their secondary the weakness? Well, Sarv, I don't know. I don't know if they're not getting any love or not. And frankly, I don't know that I've heard a lot of discussions about who's going to be this or that. Most of the discussions are the Cowboys and everybody else going to play. So I'm not sure that – I don't know who's the favorite in the NFC East. I think the Giants have a ways to go. I think the Redskins are in a rebuild. And I think the Eagles have got some holes themselves. I think the Cowboys have holes. But I think they're right in the mix in the NFC East. And I would say that they're, at the very least, a strong contender in that division. Uh, If you look at the rest of the teams in the NFC, uh, the North, you can look at, um, you know, Chicago and Detroit are not where Dallas is. Certainly, I think Green Bay can be. Minnesota, you know, overall, probably not as good, but not not that far away. Uh, In the uh, south, I think the Saints are a better roster and and certainly are in a better situation. I don't think the Bucs are better than Dallas, but they've got Tom Brady and they've made some strides. don't think Atlanta's overall as good a roster as Dallas. Uh, I think that in the West, I think San Francisco's better. I think Seattle's better. Uh, I think the Rams are, are comparable, 
but not quite as good in some areas. I do think the secondaries are weakness. Do they are they going to have enough of a consistent pass rush? Some questions there. But are they deep enough? Do they have a deep enough overall roster is a question. I think they're in the mix. I think if you're looking for them to be um, the apple of everybody's eye, well, you know, I don't, I don't know that they're that. I don't know that they should be the favorites. Uh, in fact, I just said it. I don't think they are the favorites. But I think they're maybe the favorite in the NFC East or one of them. I think they're good. I think it's too early. Um, but I think they've got a good roster. I would be very surprised if they're the NFC representative this year. But it's too early to say for certain, and certainly my opinion on that could change as the season unfolds, which we hope and pray that they do. Hey, Sar, appreciate you joining us. And, uh, hey, send us some more questions and feedbacks and thoughts. We'd love to get them here. And any question that any of you might have, go to contact Chris on LandryFootball.com and send them in. We'll recap the NFT North draft tomorrow, uh, and then we'll hopefully be able to get a little bit quicker through some of the things each and every day, some of the news and notes of what's going on. So, Check us over on the College Football Show as well. And remember to check out the folks at 401k Generation. Give them a call. Give them a text. License in all 50 states. 1-866-998-5879 is the number to call. We appreciate you joining us. And uh, join us again uh, on another edition of the Pro Football Show tomorrow, everyone. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.